0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me, as always, he is fresh out of the gym, fresh off the treadmill. Looking great, Ovi. How you doing, man? I'm doing good,
0: William. I am um, freshly tired as well, but <laughs> I got to get back in uh, playing shape. You know, Falcons might need me. You never know. We need a fullback. So, you know, Keith is doing a great job. But, I mean, I think a two fullback set will be amazing because everyone <laughs> doing that, no one's that's doing the, that's that. That's the I, next I...
1: evolution of the NFL. Everybody's going five <laughs> exactly. wide. Atlanta's going two fullbacks. Oh. Yeah, two fullbacks, three tight ends. Let's go get God, it. I love it. All right. Well, we are here, obviously, to talk about the game of the week between two 0-2 teams, the Falcons and the Giants. Uh, actually, I'm going to hit you off with this real quick, Ovi, right off the top. I kind of have a feeling this is going to be a really good game. What do you think about that? No,
0: I, really good game. I, I I was, I'm still riding off the high from last game. And based off the life they showed me, I already predicted they're going undefeated till the a bye week. So if they just like, you have a semblance of competence that they showed against Tampa Bay Buccaneers because to be down only three against defending Super Bowl champions, you have to do a lot of things right. And they did a lot of things right on both sides of the ball. Not not so much special teams. Uh, that's why we're still searching for a punter uh, or you know, a competent punter. But on offense and defense, they show that they can be a, a team that is a little more than rebuilding. So I, I'm very hopeful, and I'm thinking that – Giants have just as much problems as we do, so we can come out this one
1: win. Oh man, I love, I love that. I love that energy right off the top. You're, you're definitely bringing the the same optimism that you had uh, on our on our previous show after the Tampa Bay loss. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to to drop this bit of information on you. Um, but first, let's hear from today's sponsors. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the new season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and you lose, your wager will be refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick 'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick 'em at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. playactionpools.com. Your new home for all your office, sports, pools. All right, so Ovi, today I've been on a, I've been you know honored to be asked uh, to join a couple of New York Giants podcasts um, and, and talk about this game, and I I arrived at a very interesting conclusion and and learned some really interesting information. Um, Giants fans are very confident about this game for, are for they? them they are and i, I want to get your reaction really? on that because my thoughts are the falcon like falcons fans are fairly confident about this game so what do you, what do you think about the giants being kind of or at least their fan base you know liking their chances on sunday
0: you know it's funny it's um i don't usually do this but for some reason i didn't do it last week with the tampa fans but um i just kind of googled like giant podcast to see from the Giants' point of view, <laughs> what <laughs> what they think. And it's so funny hearing them sound exactly like us. Like, yeah, our team sucks, and they're not mm-hmm. that great, but, uh, but the Falcons are, are end worse end, than right? us. Yeah, yeah like, that, that, and we're like, yeah, we're not that great, and we're old too. but the Giants are worse than us. Yep. So, yep. like, yep. these exactly Giants fans seem to, you know, they're, they're mad at, you know, their defensive backfield, you know, like we are, they're mad at... Um, who is it? They're running back, not not doing that great Saquon Barkley, not really being the guy they drafted to be. They're they're mad at, uh, well, they're always mad at Jason Garrett. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, it, they, they have this weird type of uh, confidence that we're just that terrible that they're going to not run all over us, but they're saying it might be close, but we'll come out with a win. That's, that's hogwash. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> actually, I take it back. It's going to be close, but we're going to win. So they're, they're right it's going to be close because I just don't feel like the Falcons are in the blow somebody out uh, type of mode yet. Uh, We are in the, we can play good enough football to beat the giants mode though.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you have, that was like, your finger was, is right on the pulse of the New York giants fan base. Everything from hating on, on Jason Garrett to, uh, to just the way they feel about, about their team. Um, But yeah, I I was very, I've been surprised by that. I've been surprised by the notion because it's like we sit here and we worry about what the Falcons have become since the the glory days of 2016, 2017, you know, back-to-back playoffs, make a Super Bowl. Um, But I don't think we have ever thought the Falcons have fallen as far as like the ranks of the, the Giants or the Jets or, you know, the, the way the Browns were for, for so many years. Like, we've always talked about the Falcons, like, yeah, they're not winning, but there's still talent here and talent that has had proven success in this city to go to the playoffs. So it'll turn around. You got to fix X, Y, and Z, but like, they're not that bad. And I think we feel that way about, about the Giants because they haven't had any recent success. So I was, I was just very surprised to kind of hear that those guys were coming in maybe beating their chest so let's start with that conversation right here should the falcons consider themselves the better team entering this matchup
0: i think so i absolutely think so um the giants i found some interesting uh, facts about them um this is like the fifth year in a row they started oh and two that's just demoralizing familiar (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't started 0-2 five years in a row. I don't think so. Uh, but no, it's also like they are like the losingest team since 2016 or, or one of like the, the lowest winning teams since 2016. I said, gosh, darn it. As a fan base, <laughs> to even be in the basement like that, in the cellar, knowing yeah. that your team has been one of the losingest, if that's even a word, teams in the league. They're, they're dying, they're starving, they're thirsty to just get a win, and they think they see a, a wounded duck, you know, uh, or somebody, uh, an animal that they can kind of take advantage of. And that's not us. I, I think that we have enough of our veteran players, our, our big-time guys starting to finally show up in the Dante Fowlers, and you know, the, um, I think Mike Davis is going to get going, and Matt Ryan and Calvin, really, I think that they're going to get their, their mojo back, and I just feel like we have everything going in a positive direction like, compared to the the loss they had, which is just demoralizing. Okay, we <laughs> lost too, but yeah. their loss was in a demoralizing way where they won the game, uh, idiot jumped off sides, they lost the game that close. We got blown out, but we showed so much spirit and fight, and I know... Well, and know, the level of
1: competition victory. there is yes. is also pretty notable. That's sure. <laughs> like Washington Great made point. the playoffs, but like Tampa Bay has won the Super Tampa Bowl Bay. and brings everybody back. And you put up twenty five against a, a defense that literally shut down <laughs> what many consider to be the best offense in the NFL in Kansas City. And the Falcons put up twenty five. The Giants put up twenty nine against Washington. I mean Sure. Washington's got a good, I think, defensive front and they really have the makings to potentially be a very good defense. But those the, that's the strength. The schedule there is, is a little bit off. You know, one's one's an SEC yeah. regular season game. The other, you got a Sunbelt team kind of coming up uh, to play you uh, for some money. So I, I think that your, your point definitely stands like that. The, the level of competition, though, I think is, is drastic here.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I think that because we've been, quote unquote, battle tested, we'll be in a better position, a much better position to, um, I think, respond when the time comes. Because there's going to be a time, just like uh, there was last game, where there is a key moment where somebody can jump offside, somebody can make a big play, somebody can make a big cat, somebody can make a big mistake. And we're just going to have that confidence that, hey, we can hang with the the big boys and Tom Brady. We can definitely beat the Giants. So this is not like the first game against the you know, the New York least or the NFC least, uh, uh like the Eagles, where we're supposed to beat them. We didn't. I think that that's a little bit of rust. There was a little bit of uh, overconfidence, a little bit of a uh, new coach and trying to gel. But after two games under our belt, I feel like we can see the lesser opponent and make sure we keep them as the lesser opponent by not playing down to their level. We just play our game. We're good
1: can can you be battle tested by week 3 <laughs> battle tested in that we played a really tough opponent
0: you know that, yeah. not battle tested by time
1: right it, it's not and it's not like you when you beat the really big opponent right like uh, th- that's the letdown game is if if it's Cleveland Kansas City week 1 and you're Cleveland and you're focusing all offseason on that week one showdown, we're beating Kansas City, we're going to finally get that camel off or monkey off the back, like all of that stuff. Then you could have a letdown a week too. But Atlanta, it's different when you go in and you kind of like really focus on that championship. We're going to prove everybody and you lose. Sometimes it can have the opposite effect and really like refocus, resharpen. All right, we were right there. Yeah. We weren't good enough, but but we were there with them and we can be there. We've got to work. 15% harder to get there, because now we know what we are capable of. Now we get to show it every week. So I think that that's that's a really great mindset for this team to, to probably take into um, New York this weekend. But I like that you brought up the, the kind of comparisons uh, from week one and week three, obviously two NFC East teams. Um, but I was reading through the transcripts of Arthur Smith's uh, press conferences from this week today, and he brought up a lot of similarities with with Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. Obviously, both guys are fairly mobile. Um, Dion or Daniel Jones, sorry, is actually uh, leading the Giants this season in rushing yards. Uh, He has 122 rushing yards on 15 carries. So this dude knows how to break off some big runs. and I just think back to week one. Jalen Hurts broke off a lot of big runs. Uh, and, yep. and that really, I think, hurt the, the Falcons ability to get off field, although they were able to do that. But there just weren't many third and longs because Jalen Hurts' ability to at least pick up like six yards on any given play usually gives the offense the advantage to not be in, in too many third and longs. Um, and Daniel Jones can, can obviously do that. What do you think about Daniel Jones as a player? He's He's been kind of, I think, much maligned so far in his career. I know a lot of people kind of made fun of that draft pick when he was selected so highly in the first round. Um, but he looks like he's, he's played pretty well so far this season. He hasn't thrown an interception. Um, he's got two passing touchdowns thrown for 516 yards. He has taken six sacks, but... You know he's got two more touchdowns on the ground and a 96 passer rating. Like that, that's not bad. That's not bad quarterback play. So, what do you think about Daniel Jones as a player?
0: I think that if I had as many nicknames as he had, that I, I, I'd be feeling pretty <laughs> good Dimes. myself. Uh, Danny Dimes, Dual Threat Danny, Vanilla Vic. They try to put that on him as well. Like the the man could run, he could throw, and yeah, there were jokes when he got drafted, but he's shown to be a competent quarterback. So the exciting thing for Giants fans is that I think the sky's the limit. I won't say the sky's the limit. I say (laughs) he has has that. That's too much. But
1: I got you too excited. He he can improve
0: every single year and be a great above average quarterback for the Giants. And after having Eli, you still want to, you know, tank. And you have somebody, I will say, win you Super Bowls, but he won't be the reason you lose Super Bowls. And so uh, – it's going to make Falcons fans uncomfortable because their rush was great against Tom Brady, who was more of a statue. Their rush yep. was not that good, not that great against Jalen Hurts, who can move. So if you have all that misdirection and A-gap pressure and, you know, all the, uh, the blitzes the DPs like to draw up, and there's a quarterback who you can have dead to rights, can shimmy to the right, shimmy to the left, make a guy miss, that makes it a lot harder to have pressure and to get um, the QB on the ground, so I I I know Danny Dimes is a punchline at times, but I think he could be a problem for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he can, and I and I think that this it's probably a little bit beneficial that the Falcons did just see a mobile quarterback um, in week one. I remember that was a storyline we talked a lot about uh, either last season or two years ago. The Falcons like five of their first six games. We're against guys like, um, you know, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, like all these mobile quarterbacks. And so we asked Dan Quinn a lot about like, hey, getting these guys all back to back in a row, does that kind of make it a little bit easier? And, and it, he, he said it does, because, you know, you're certainly obviously teaching different things from a pass rush standpoint or even a run defense standpoint. You know, a zone read with the quarterback is a threat. Your defensive end has to know whether to to crash, whether to stay at home and, and protect that reverse. And they got to make those plays on the fly. So there is a lot that goes into that. And unfortunately, in this game, it, the Falcons could be without two starters and, and one um, solid depth piece, I guess. A.J. Terrell uh, in the concussion protocol. Russell Gage dealing with an ankle injury and Frank Darby dealing with a calf injury none of those guys have practiced this week, and as of right now, I'm personally doubtful that, that those guys will be able to suit up on Sunday. Uh, how substantial would their absences be for Atlanta?
0: That'd be huge. Especially uh, AJ. I mean, both. AJ, AJ Terrell and Russell Gage will make this a lot harder because we need all hands on deck to yeah. go out there and get our first win and to beat the Giants, which yeah is somewhat of our doppelganger. We need to have A.J. Terrell showing that the defensive backfield that played better, (laughs) uh, surprisingly better against Tom Brady than they did against Jalen Mayfield, I mean, than against Jalen Hurts. We need A.J. Terrell to be that leader out there to help give him confidence, to make that uh, that group gel. And it's about communication. I I know with DBs and talking to them in the past, it's always difficult when a new guy gets thrown in there because they practice all week long with a certain group because they expect the group to be there. So they kind of yeah. know who has their back, you know, uh, who's going to, you know, uh, uh, cover a man when, uh, he runs by him and with a new guy, they had to change up the way they're doing things. So I know, uh, AJ didn't practice much uh, this week, so they could have gotten that, that new uh, camaraderie, but he's been there all OTAs, mini camp, training yep, yep. camp. And I, he's more of a, big staple with that defense. So I, I don't know if uh, it's it's going to be a, a huge difference, but it's not going to help. And when it comes to Russell Gage, we need Calvin Ridley to be the next Julio Jones, which is not going to happen, but we need to be as close as Julio, a game breaker, a game changer. And that's going to be hard if there's not a, a competent two and three receiver. If Russell Gage was that guy, even though people think you know he's just an afterthought, that can actually get open, get separation, catch the ball, and get us the first downs. And if he's not there, you know, the other receivers have a show that they can step up and be a, a competent number two or three. So it's going to be the Calvin Ridley show and the Kyle Pitts show and back to Calvin Ridley, and hopefully somebody else shows up and surprises us. <laughs> but we, we need, in order to win games, we need our, I won't say no names, but we need the guys who aren't stars, who are getting paid millions and millions of dollars to have big games.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I that's I mean, absolutely. Like, that's 100% spot on. I I do worry about um, it. I think sometimes we need to be careful. Maybe it, it sounds like we're probably down on Calvin Ridley. I think you and I both think he's he's an amazing player and we're both like he's one of the most fun players, I think, to watch on any given Sunday. My concern is. The thing that we knew about Julio is. Even if he's double teamed, he's he could finish a game with eight catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns. Yep, We could see that against double coverage. Yes, Julio missed a lot of time last year and Calvin was the de facto number one. But I, I don't necessarily know if we saw so many teams really focus on him through two games. I think I've noticed teams really focusing on Calvin and say, OK, well, if we can shut you down, We don't know if the Falcons really have anybody else that they can go to. So maybe taking you out of the game is like our fastest path to victory, um, because I think the Falcons just had a little bit more proven offensive talent last year that the, the teams had to maybe worry about. If if they're able to take Calvin out using double teams and nobody else is able to really win their one on one matchups, that's really problematic for Atlanta. Um yeah. and, and so far, I mean, I know Calvin kind of had a bounce back game in week two, but we're talking about a guy for throughout his career, the first like four games of any given season, he puts up incredible numbers. This guy starts every year fast, and he hasn't this year. And and it's just something that's concerning, but we both still I think think Calvin will turn it around. Um, I do I'm really curious to see. This game, to me, will really let me know about Arthur Smith's offensive creativity. Because mm. if Gage and Darby are out, you're, you're basically down to like four healthy wide receivers who made the, the roster to start the season. And this was already going to be an offense, I think, that people expected to be tight end heavy. And you've got two running backs who have proven to be very good receivers in the past. So just because you're down your number two receiver and a reserve receiver, I still think Atlanta can really kind of put together and compile enough weapons offensively to have an effective passing attack. My big question is just where do they lean to make up the the difference? Is this a big tight end game for you or a running back out of the backfield game?
0: I think after seeing, you know, what our, running, our RBs could do and, and you know, Seeing that they're catching the ball at the backfield and being able to get yards after uh, contact and, and yards after the catch, I, I feel like the RBs and the tight ends, because Hayden Hurst has hands. Uh, Kyle Pitts is, again, our, our, our new uh, Julio light, uh, you know, Julio Jr., hopefully <laughs> at some point. So let's keep on feeding Kyle Pitts and get him out there and let's let our running backs catch the ball at the backfield and, and you know, kind of build on what they did last week. Because if we allow our playmakers to, or encourage them that, hey, we need you to show up. I mean, I mentioned last podcast or the one before that about how as a running backs, we always feel like we have to take control of the game, you know, forget yeah. what the defense does, forget what Matt does. You know, we're going to do that. This running back team needs to have that same mentality. And in the tight end room, they didn't have that same mentality say, <laughs> hey, you know, this is the game we need to win. We're not going to be the one- reason we lose this. We're gonna be the reason we win this and go out there and make plays. So I feel like it, it, it's time because it 0-3 is hard to come back from, if not impossible. Uh, I, I'd love to you know dig up the stats on how many teams started 0-3 and, and made it to the playoffs. I know it's uh, very, very slim. So I know it's a rebuilding year, and we don't expect that much from the Falcons. And some people say it's not a rebuilding year because we you know, <laughs> drafted Kyle Pitts at number four and didn't trade down like a lot of people thought we would do. We'll find out. This game's going to really show a, a lot of fans, and I think the league as well. Are the Falcons rebuilding? Are we not rebuilding? Was our, our great plays or our fight that we showed in game two against defending Super Bowl champions a fluke? Was that a mistake? Or is that just a, a, a snippet of who we are? Is, is that just a taste of how dangerous we can be when at our best? So I think it's the, uh, the latter. I, you know, I, I'm still bullish. I'm still uh, excited about the Falcons. I still think that we can do some great things. I just need them to make me look good. I need them to show up and to make me look good. So, um, I think it's going to happen. I'm really looking forward to this Sunday.
1: So, I mean that that begs the question. Then does the I know the team is is gonna is looking at just Sunday. They're zero and two. They are 0 2 they can not afford to focus on anything else. Matt Ryan. I really liked. Um, a quote of his this week where it was essentially, you know, we we have to just do our job. Don't try to do more than you can in order to dig out of this hole. Sometimes when you get down, you have a tendency to try to really push yourself, really exert it and push the envelope. And that sometimes causes even more mistakes. So you got to really just trust yourself, play within your technique and all of that. So I think the, the team is going to have the right mindset in taking this game by game. But We are trying to entertain the fine people of Atlanta, and (laughs) we have the benefit of a a 3,000-foot view. Does the 2021 season come down to the next three games? They are on the road against the Giants, an 0-2 team. They are at home against the Washington football team, a 1-1 team, and then they are hosting the New York Jets, another 0-2 team in London, before their bye week. If they, there is a massive difference in how we are looking at the rest of the season. If come week seven, they are three and two, or week six rather, they are three and two versus being zero and five in week six. So, do the next three games on the schedule basically decide this season for Atlanta?
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, absolutely. I get. I kept on saying. I I tweeted about going undefeated into the bye and that's because you've got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat these, these are teams that aren't world beaters aren't scared of anybody yeah unfortunately neither are we but but i think we're better we have more talent like like you mentioned we're not you know the the, the browns we're not you know how uh the dolphins have been recently we're not a team like the, the giants for for god's sakes that it's been in the toilet bowl for so long and You don't see much of a way out for these guys in a long time. Much, uh, most of these people, you know, are looking for a a quarterback. You know, the Browns finally found their quarterback in Baker Mayfield after going through a bunch of them. You know, Miami, you know, found Tua, who you know has been showing some bright spots, but uh, you know, a little injured. We don't know if he's really the guy, but we have our guy, the franchise quarterback, Matt Ryan, Mister Five Thousand Yards every single year. We have our guy. That that's not the problem. That that's you know, one of the key things that you need to win games. And even though the majority of the Falcons fans bash Matt, you know, up and down uh, uh, every Peachtree Street uh, in Atlanta, they (laughs) would miss him if he left. And they would be very, very sorry. And they said, cut Matt Ryan. We'll find another quarterback out there that can do the exact same thing he's doing. No, not going to happen. So the, the fact that we have, I think, the better quarterback, I think we have more talent. I feel like as of now in this Giants game, will have a a lot to do to see if uh, I continue to feel this way. We have better coaching. I think that with with DPs and with Arthur Smith, we we have better coaching than the teams we're going to see. The Falcons have have been able to, you know, fly to London before and and still perform well, so I I shouldn't throw them all the way off. This isn't their first uh, rodeo uh, in London. I think we can go undefeated. I think we have to go undefeated if if we lose one game, you know, not the end of the world. But we have to win the majority of these next three games in order to have a chance at making this season competitive.
1: Yeah, yeah. You win the next two and maybe drop that one game and you're and you're two and three and yeah, we're we're still feeling better about the team because they they won two games there and, and sure, maybe they, they lose a fluky game, you're going in the bye week, you can fix stuff and then and get things turned around. Um, I thought it was really telling though, notably, and I'm sure that this got asked right immediately during the post game press conference so um that this may be why it wasn't asked um during his weekly media availability but i thought it was super telling that nobody asked matt ryan about the two pick sixes this week and, and i think that's just a little bit of a sign of respect of he played pretty much a really good game outside yeah. of those two two pick sixes and those were both batted balls and it's kind of like hey you know what can you do you, you got you got beat One guy made a great play. The other guy made a better play and returned it for six, but that's not necessarily indicative of...
0: I mean, the reason they didn't ask him is because they knew Matt would probably fall on his sword and just say the typical PC stuff about, you got to play better, I got to do my part, but at the end of the day, that's the offensive line. They teach us, and I'm a baby offensive lineman being a fullback, they teach us that when you go against a defensive end and he's rushing and then you see him stop, you don't just hang back and let him sit there. Nah, you, you have to down. punch him right in the chest. Yeah, and when he tries to jump, you need to hit him so hard. Yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to like break something hit him so hard to where he's trying to protect himself and put his hands Because he's exposing
1: himself to you. That's exactly. literally what a jump is. <laughs> he is you giving can't up his just middle.
0: Watch him. Watch him. You know, yeah. trying to be like you know, got air mic or jump up. You got to go out there and put two hands right in his chest. And our offensive linemen didn't do that. I think they were just so worried about the defensive end or defensive linemen getting to the quarterback, kind of just stood back and probably were happy they weren't rushing, not realizing that, hey, part of the NFL game and football period, these guys will jump and will time up his pass and bat the ball down, which they did beautifully, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that, well, that, that's kind of one of those things where I'm saying you just you tip your hat to the other team. That's a Super Bowl winning team. That's a championship team. And they are for a reason because they make plays like that. You know, like they've got outside of Aaron Donald, your short list of really good defensive linemen and linebackers. A lot of those guys are on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they've got yep. they've got some really savvy veteran, good, still in their prime defenders. And, and they made those plays. And that's where the Falcons are are going to try to get. But I actually think it was a better game for the offensive line against Tampa Bay, which is why there probably should be a little bit of optimism that maybe the offense can get it going against the Giants because the Giants aren't necessarily gangbusters on, on defense this year. They only have three sacks. It's, it's easily the, the easiest offensive line that the, or defensive line that the Falcons um, have faced so far this season. And there are matchups that I like at every single level uh and and i think that the i'm really interested to see if the tight ends can dominate in this game because it on paper it's a matchup that they definitely should and then how does the offensive line this is a barometer i think for the offensive line because it is their first game against if not lesser like competition at least more comparable competition you're not going up against uh, Fletcher Cox, you're not going up against Indomitian Sioux, like you're not going up against these guys. Exactly. So that that's what I'm going to be looking for. But we've talked a lot about the offense. What about the Falcons defense in this game? What what can they do? What part of the defense um, A, needs to show up for them to have a, a good game? And then B, do you maybe expect to show up?
0: It's funny because every time we have uh, you know, an offensive line issue. I feel like other teams take advantage of that. Yeah. This time they have an (laughs) offensive line issue. This time one of their offensive linemen is not going to be there or, or, you know, hurt or uh, for whatever reason. And we got to (laughs) take advantage of their O-line giving up sacks, giving up pressure. Right. And I know Danny Danny Dimes has some pretty good feet on him, but we got to make him uncomfortable. So because their offensive line has shown that they can be porous at times, I'd love to see a continuation of Dante Fowler and everyone else who had sacks the first game and the second game get to to Daniel Jones. Let's let's swarm him, make him feel uncomfortable trying to run the ball or uh, trying to sit in that pocket. And so I I just feel like if we can get to that next level, that's been with the missing link of the Falcons team the Falcons defense for years. And I saw a glimmer. I saw a flash of hope. I I got excited. I was you know high five my six year old son. He didn't know what was going on. He was like all right, daddy, let's let's do this. I like the Falcons are showing life, so I think that's a big part of our defense. Obviously, you know we already mentioned AJ Terrell not being there and guys having to step up. Uh, it, it's something that I don't have as much faith in the defensive backs playing, um, you know, at a high level as I do in yeah. our defensive line, including Grady Jarrett. You know, getting home and making Daniel Jones be a i don't say not a factor, but making him be less of a factor.
1: I I think this is I'm high on Grady Jarrett in this game. Uh, I think he's going to have a little bit of a hey, remember me uh, kind of game this week yep. because he's been not not totally MIA the past couple of weeks, but not not he's yet to make his presence like really felt. I think this is the week that he does that. Um, but it, I mean, so given because. I can tell that you're pretty confident. I think about the Falcons this week. I I really think that you, you liked the steps that they took in the third quarter of the last game. And I I saw that, you know, I I responded to that tweet and I thought that the dude really categorized the game really well. It was, you got beaten in the first half, but you put up a fight. You kind of dominated the third quarter and then you got dominated in the fourth quarter. But obviously (laughs) that's, that happened because you had two tipped pick sixes and that made it a blowout. But the Falcons really looked to be the better team in the third quarter against the defending Super Bowl champions. And it, it sounds like that, based on our conversation Sunday, based on our conversation tonight, you're putting a lot of chips on the table for that um, roulette number. Is that the third quarter, good showing. This team is legit. Even in the fourth quarter, though, things went badly. They were moving the ball. They were doing stuff well. They just had some bad breaks. And that that this team's ready to make, make their run. Um, so what would be your message if that, if you were trying to invoke that mindset into this team in the locker room before the game or on Friday before everybody, you know, heads to the airport to to take off, you're on the buses, what have you, what are you saying to these guys before, uh, taking on the giants?
0: Uh, simple. I'd say, listen, fellas, um, 0-3 doesn't doesn't look nice, doesn't smell nice, doesn't feel nice, doesn't taste nice. (laughs) It's not an option for us. 0-3 is not going to be something that we're going to associate with the 2021 Falcons. We showed the world, our fans, uh, each other that we can play ball. We can play with the best of them. Now we just got to put a whole game together. We got to put four quarters together. The coaches always say that it's about playing a complete game. You can't take quarters off. And we can't do that against the Giants. We're better than them. It's it's a great feeling to know that. Hey, it's not about talent because even if talent's better than you, you can play, uh, you know, out of your mind and be more efficient. But we don't have to do any of that. We just got to play our ball. We don't have to worry about the Giants, uh, uh, you know, trick plays or the Giants, you know, uh, outplaying us because man for man, you know, we're better than they are across the board. So. If we just play ball, if we just play our game, we should win. It, 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 at the end of the day, it's it's a pride thing. And working <laughs> all the training camp, all the OTAs, the whole dang offseason just to put this on the field, put this on tape, not acceptable. I mean, so that's kind of something that I would say to the guys just because I don't know, it it's it wouldn't be acceptable. If I was on the team right now, 0-3, especially for the older guys, like yeah, I don't got time for this. Like yeah. I'm not gonna let this snowball another, you know, uh, crappy season, another waste of a season. At the end of the day, when you get 0-3, 5 if you're a veteran player who knows that
1: you're, you're check is
0: guaranteed yep. and you're going to be here next year, it's just like, God, when can the season be over? You're just yep. Yep. so frustrated and irritated. Of course, you're going to go out there and, quote unquote, fight for your brothers and, you know, play, you know, for the team. But at the end of the day, you're, 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 mentally checked <laughs> out. You're
1: checking the, the air, the airline, uh, yes. flights. There's you're, nothing you're, you can do.
0: You're on There's Expedia. You can do that's really going to yeah. change. Yeah. That's going to change your outlook or ch- change your mindset. Cause you know you can say all the right things to the cameras. Your teammates no. like, the, 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 you yeah. know, like, you know, it used to be us. Like I, i I'm not ashamed to say, but the semi-ashamed. Like the year Bobby Petrino was there, we were, we won four games, and we lost 12 or something like that. Uh, I remember D'Angelo Hall, Algie <laughs> Crumpler, myself, guys who knew our yeah. our bag was secured, and we knew that, they, well, you know, yeah. not getting rid of us. We were just like, I can't wait till this crappy season's over. I, we just – it was like in practice <laughs> – Guys yeah. weren't going as hard.
1: I mean, neither can Bobby.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. not like body Bobby, yeah, it's just we weren't going all out and hitting. We weren't trying to do our best because for what? Now, now, the young guys
1: who yeah, yeah.
0: could get cut next week or you know cut next year and wanted to you know, get some money in free agency, they were going all out, and I get it. But we don't want to put, we don't want to put the Falcons in that position. As a veteran players, they don't want to be in that position, but it's going to come real fast if they lose to the Giants.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Matt Ryan recently because there like there's nobody who I hate this more for. You yeah. he he embodies everything that you want in a winner. He he does. He does everything the right way. He comes to work and approaches each and every day the same and that is the type of like that if you go into the philosophy of Nick Saban's run at Alabama his message to his players is every single day you have to prepare to a championship level. And that's the that's the secret sauce, man. It it really is just Thousand Island, Big Mac lovers. It's not that hard. It's, it's very simple. It's just do your job every day and do it as best you can. And then when you have to do it on Sundays or Saturdays, you're doing it to a great level because that's how you've practiced it the entire time. And that's what Matt Ryan does. And I, I just hate the fact that like, A lot of his, the tail end of his career, he hasn't been able to experience the success that he personally prepares for on a daily basis. That's got to take such a toll on you mentally to just kind of get up off the mat time and again and tell your, rally the troops and be like, you know what, guys, we'll get them next time, even though if maybe inside you don't believe that. Like that. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. (laughs)
0: That's Groundhog Day for Matt Ryan. And one of the saddest things ever was uh, seeing a Tony Gonzalez in uh, you know, 2011. We lost to the Green Bay Packers when um, uh, one, of one of the Rodgers- worst games
1: of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure one of the worst of yours,
0: too. <laughs> he was always running for the Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl, and yeah. nothing
1: was going to stop him. We had a bye week and... That game put Aaron Rodgers on the map. That, that made... It that did. He ascended to elite after that game.
0: It did, and it was supposed to be Matt Ryan that ascended to elite, and that's, you know, I think he has over the years, but Tony Gonzalez, I remember this like it was yesterday. Sitting in his locker with his head down and just kind of staring, just emptyly, uh, an empty look into his helmet. I felt so bad for him because he'd never won he a playoff game, right? To win, you know, a championship. He came to uh, Atlanta to try and not be Matt Ryan, where yeah. you're having your best years and your last couple years wasted. Um, Matt can't. Afford to have now, I know we're not going to Super this year, but we need to at least show that we're competitive so that next year he we needs make
1: one more run in the summer. Yes, yeah, he needs need one more playoff run. chance, and it's not going to happen
0: if we can't be a Giants team that's owned to. All
1: right, so let's get into a kind of our, our rapid fire, big picture takes uh, for this game. Um, who needs to have a big game for Atlanta, specific player. Uh, can be more than one. Could be offense, defense, whatever. I'll let you take it in whatever direction you want. But who for Atlanta needs to have a big game uh, for the Falcons to win?
0: I've mentioned this man before. I don't want to keep on picking on him, but uh, Dante Fowler. Uh, and, and even with his pay cut, he's one of the highest paid Falcons um, on the team. And he has got to show that last week wasn't a fluke. And he's got to get to you know Mr. Dual Threat Danny, Mr. Vanilla Vic. He's got to get to Daniel Jones. And get the, the strip sack. Uh, t- oh, I I jumped out of my seat because didn't expect that from the Falcons team, and didn't expect that from him specifically. But if he can show that he's not a, a, a Ray Edwards reboot, and that he's actually a free agent that's coming down here and going to make some noise, it's going to mean everything. And I, it's going to encourage the rest of the defense, the rest of the D line, to play at their hardest because that stuff it, it rubs off on each other when, when you start making big plays. We've seen it with elite defensive line groups. When one guy makes a big play, the rest, okay, I'm going to get mine. Okay, I'm going to get mine. And the offensive linemen just hate it because <laughs> there, there's no stopping that momentum that occurs. So I think Dante Fowler needs to start that off and help this team you know, start fast.
1: I, yeah, I love that answer. I, I think that what's really interesting, and, and you just made me think of this, but forever, Defenses were defined by the guys at the mid-level of the defense, right? The linebackers. Those were the captains yeah. of the defense. They were the quarterbacks. They, they, made, they were the ones racking up hundreds of tackles. And, and I mean, they still are. But I think that if you were building a defense today in 2021, the best way to go about building an elite defense is to have an alpha on either the back end or the front end. And you either need an alpha as a pass rusher or you need a guy in the secondary that is capable of just locking down a receiver. And it's a little bit of a shame that the Falcons' best players are linebackers, right? And so I think that the best way for this defense to surprise a lot of people, um, you know, really kind of turn the corner this year is for them to develop and for Dante Fowler to kind of go back into maybe an elite pass rusher a dominant guy who can impact any single game that he's in uh, and so I certainly hope that happens. I love this this matchup will tell me a lot about Dante Fowler uh, can he string it together can he build some confidence he was hurt last year um, so great pick I I like I think Mike Davis Mike Davis needs to have a big game Good one let's do this you know I, I yeah. think that the best way to really free up Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, those guys, you gotta, you've gotta start imposing your will on the ground and you've got to start making them decide, hey, we need to, we need to actually bring an extra guy into this box because Mike Davis, Cordell Patterson, they're killing us six, six and a half yards a, a play on the ground. You know, I, I, I need Jalen Mayfield to stack another good game on there. Let's get Matt Hennessy going. Chris Lindstrom, take it up a notch impose your will on the ground, make these guys hurt. And then that's when you take the roof off with Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, those guys, when you got them on their back heels, put it in there. Um, so I think it all, it all starts in the running back room. And I think it particularly with Mike Davis um, because he is the type of running back who can really impose his will um, on a defense. So let's flip around. And what's the scariest part of this matchup um, for Falcons fans?
0: It's uh, it, the scariest part is the reason that I need Dante follow to have a big game, and the scariest <laughs> part is uh, Daniel Jones because it's just you know let's, let's call a spade a spade. You don't expect white quarterbacks to be that mobile, yeah, you don't. And, and um, <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jones uh, breaks that mold uh, very solidly. He he's a guy who has. Sneaky, uh, sneaky good wheels and his ability to be elusive can be trouble for the Falcons. We, we mentioned how Jalen Hurts hurt us really bad, um, because he's able to be mobile. And I'm just worried, I, I'm scared that if he gets open it has like the, the big run he had last week, like I called back because, uh, and you know, somebody was holding or had a penalty. Yeah.
1: That was that a huge run,
0: a huge run. It, it, it actually woke up a lot of NFL fans like, wait. He can run, run, not just like run every now and then. and scramble Which is dumb
1: because like- he did it like two years ago where he broke off like a 60-yard touchdown run. Or yeah. w- was that the play where he got sniped? You remember that? It like went viral? Yeah, yeah, he fell out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, like four yards to the end zone.
0: Amazing. So <laughs> many memes. So uh, much. That's great. But that Hilarity. run was like
1: a 73-yard run. And so yeah. like we, he can do this, to your point.
0: Yeah. No, he, he that can definitely do this. And uh, we've shown that... You know, even though we have great speed with uh, Foyer and Dion, you know, some of our uh, linebackers, we've shown that we can be hurt by mobile quarterbacks. So I just hope that we figured out some schemes to have a little better contain. I feel confident Grady's going to get some push in the front, and we just get our defensive ends uh, to to contain and and kind of set that edge. We can be good. So I, I just am worried, a little bit fearful that Danny Jones is going to have a day with his feet. If that happens, it's going to be a long day for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is, the more I think about this, I, I do kind of keep circulating back to that notion where you just envision, because we just saw with Jalen Hurts, you envision Daniel Jones just kind of breaking right outside a, a Deion Jones and Dion's turning to chase him and all of a sudden it's a 32-yard pickup. Um, I'm really concerned about actually the receivers against Atlanta's corners in this matchup, especially if AJ Terrell is out. Um, that means there, there have been talks about bumping Isaiah Oliver, um, out, you know, to, to the outside corner and, and you would have him with Fabian Moreau um, as your two starters. And they can, they can, I think be serviceable, but Kenny Galladay and and Sterling Sharp are actually pretty, or Sterling Shepard, uh, are actually pretty good receivers. And, I think that that's just a, a matchup that really swings in the advantage of New York. Um, and so, you know, I, I hate making it easier on opposing offenses because I think they've they've already got it kind of easy as it is. Uh, and so I, I just worry that in addition to Daniel Jones being able to break contain and make some plays with his legs, that he'll also be able to make some plays with his arms because the uh, wide receivers, I think, are a little bit More talented than Atlanta's corners in this matchup due to injuries. Um, So, who is your X factor in this game, movie?
0: Uh, X factor is actually going to be on on the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley can be the X factor for this whole game. Good, because we should talk about him. Yeah, he he hasn't played like Saquon Barkley in a long time, and there is a lot of uh, whispers and rumblings about you know if he can't you know, get it together, he's out of here. You know, we we got to move on and find somebody else. And so uh, just from a little bit of media he's done, he's very motivated, very determined to get back to his old self. And I think he's going to play through whatever injury he has, take whatever pills or shots he has to take.
1: <laughs> hopefully, it
0: hopefully. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> and put on <laughs> a show. Because Saquon at, you know, pr- premier Saquon, at, at peak Saquon, oh, is yeah. Scary. He would have been my guy for a dangerous, scary, terrifying guy jumping over six feet, you know, uh, 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 linebackers and bowling through guys and showing speed and could be a game changer and break. Like that guy was drafted that high for a reason. If he can, uh, you know, kind of recoup or rediscover, you know, who he is or who he was, that could be terrible. That could be a huge X factor for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Saquon so far this season through two games, 23 carries, 83 yards, uh, no touchdowns. That's a 3.6 at yard average. Um, But this is the key thing is his longest run this season so far is 41 yards. And that's always been Saquon's MO is he's the type of player because he's always kind of looking for the home run play. He's like the, the baseball player who hits a lot of home runs, but has a lot of strikeouts. Saquon will kind of is always searching for that that gap and is always looking to hit the home run play that sometimes he'll have a negative three yard run because he's trying to really bounce something all the way back outside because he thinks he can make that that angle. But then every once in a while he does. And then it turns into a 72 yard touchdown run. Like that's what Saquon was in college in the NFL when he's been healthy. He's shown the ability to do that. So that's a great worry for the Falcons, I think, because if there is any defense that may be Prone to giving up, to being the one to be like, oh yeah, remember when Saquon went for sixty-eight yards? It would be Atlanta. Um, so the, a great X factor there. Mine is is going to be Matt Ryan. You know, I think if if Matt Ryan kind of continues to show the the progress that he did in week two in Arthur Smith's scheme, I'm still waiting just to for that for it to click, just for us to see the Arthur Smith offense that we've been waiting to see. And like, what does it look like when everybody on Atlanta's offense is gelling and they're just in the in the zone? And it's with Arthur Smith's schemes and play calling. How many points can they put up? What does it look like? Um, I think there's a chance that that happens on Sunday, but it begins and ends with Matt Ryan and his command of the offense. You know, which plays are, are he checking to at the line of scrimmage? Has he reading everything? Has he selling those play fakes? All of that stuff. Um, and then his familiarity and and kind of um, cohesion with the wide receivers and, and and being in sync with those guys. So, um, what what's your final prediction for Sunday's game?
0: Oh man, um, I would say be high scoring game, but uh, Matt Ryan has they they they, they played worse than the defense did. Like usually, it's the Falcons' offense that score outscores uh the other team and we just hope the defense you know hangs on but now the defense showed with the three sacks against Tom Brady and causing fumbles and you know having a chance to to really uh show up that they could be the the strong point of the Falcons which I don't want. I want Matt Ryan to play up to the $100 million contract he has which you know, in his way he does but he needs to get some more cohesiveness like you mentioned with the receivers with the tight ends help Kyle Pitts get started make Calvin Ridley into the the superhero that he should be so I I, I, I just oh man I really uh think that it's going to be um like a 21-14 Falcons type of game
1: oh wow okay awesome I'm going in in the opposite direction uh, I've got uh my prediction for this game is 35-27 Falcons, and but i'm I'm also i'm predicting the falcons this is going to be a game that they're leading pretty much from the get-go and that it's like a garbage time game i think for the giants so even though i have them at 27 i could see at some point realistically this game being you know 32 to like 14 in in midway through the third quarter and then, kind of the the Falcons playing prevent defense. The Giants just Daniel Jones makes some runs. Blah blah blah. They get a touchdown or two, and and it's a little bit. It's a one score game at the end, but it it wasn't really. Uh, so, I I don't know. I just kind of feel like that's the way this game's going to go. I I do. Like I said, I like Atlanta's offense to get right in this game. I think that you've got some familiarity. Sometimes it can weirdly help when you have less guys at your disposal. So Russell Gage. You know, being out, maybe it just forces Arthur Smith to say, "All right, here are my three guys. We are game planning around you, and you guys are going to get lathered up, getting rhythm, and be be playing well. And if that's Calvin Ridley and and Kyle Pitts and Mike Davis, awesome. Let's do it. And I don't. I'm just i I'm confident in this game, which, as we know, last week I wasn't, and, <laughs> and it and it kind of proved proved to be right. So yeah, who knows? Maybe I'm a good luck like charm.
0: <laughs> the whole world is right. So um, when we we're wrong about uh, the first week. We were right. We were all right about the second week. Hopefully, we can be right about uh, this yeah. week.
1: And, let's get on the um, same page.
0: Okay. Absolutely.
1: Uh, all right. So let's. I because I loved. I loved this last week. Let's do our uh, what if segment, which is inspired inspired by Marvel's What If, um, which is where we we've spent this entire podcast talking about this game seriously from a straight on. Uh, standpoint knowing all the information we know now you and I are gonna throw a twist into our expectations for this game we're gonna we're gonna throw each other some scenarios what if x happens what if y happens and then each of us we're gonna try to explain all right well this is how the game would play out knowing this factor so I started last week Ovi I want you to start this week uh what what's your no you start I'm gonna do that again you started last week, Ovi. <laughs> I'm going to start this week. So Sounds I want to know what what if Daniel Jones rushes for over 100 yards in this game?
0: Oh, man! Um, then we lose. If Daniel Jones rushes for over 100 yards, then you know he probably threw for like 250. Because just the fact that he's making them play on their toes and worried about him rushing and they're not being as aggressive as they should be, he's probably dropping dimes as well, uh, then we lose. Uh, and we're, we're not getting to him. We're not pressuring him. You know We're not as stout at the front with our Brady Jarrett and company. So that that's a bad thing. If, if Daniel Jones is doing that well on the ground, then Saquon Barkley's probably doing well as well because they're at the watch uh, Danny, uh, Danny Wheels. I, I don't like that. I only like thinking about that opportunity, that possibility, man. Don't don't do that to me.
1: Oh, see, I I disagree. I think that's actually a good thing for the Falcons. I, I think that that really? means I think I with my quarterbacks, I you know I like them. Um, you know, like my Grubhub delivery order on the move, and <laughs> <Good>. if <laughs> if if he's if he's scrambling around, it means a maybe he's under pressure. And B, you know, maybe there are usually more negative plays that kind of come from a quarterback running around as there are positive plays. And I like our chances to get a couple of sacks if he's if he's on the run. Maybe he makes a bad decision or two, a bad throw, get some turnovers. So if there's a scenario where he's got maybe 175 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and, and one touchdown combined, that's kind of more the, the scenario I was envisioning. But I was really interested to see because I, I like the fact that you brought up the other scenario, because that that's certainly a case here. So that's that's how it can go with what if, right? You know, it can go one way or the other. You never know uh, how everything's going to play out. So, what do you have for me this week?
0: My what if is uh, you know, I think one that every Falcons fan really wants to see. What if this is Kyle Pitts' breakout game? What if Kyle Pitts, you know, has 150 yards, 175 yards, just you know, and you know, two touchdowns what's if that's his breakout game pretty easy answer to what happens but yeah, you know I'm, i think that it's an amazing fantasy for all of atlanta to see julio jones be an afterthought because we have our very own brand new younger version of a, a beast mode receiver
1: yeah i i that's it's great scenario i think the if if Kyle Pitts does that the Falcons win this game probably more along the lines of of what I predicted than what you predicted, because I think that that's really truly if we're talking about like an X factor. Kyle Pitts is the X factor of this season for Atlanta. It's really all about like kind of how good can he become and how quickly because Atlanta with Julio Jones. Even injured, he was injured nine games last year which I, I think a lot of people um, forget. And so they really weren't even at full health last year, but they were still in so many of those games. They should have gone eight and eight. If, if Julio's healthy for a majority of those games last year, you know, uh, maybe a lot of them go a lot differently. But if Kyle Pitts is able to evolve into that type of player quicker, then maybe Atlanta is much further along the path than they think. So if, if Kyle Pitts goes off, like you said, I think Atlanta easily wins this game. I think it means that we are much, much more optimistic uh, talking about this team on Sunday night, and that we feel much better about this season because that's kind of what we're waiting for is for anybody on the offense, which should be the biggest strength of this team, to dominate and it Cordorll Patterson's been doing his best, but you know we we need one of the true Guys, to really step up and and make a statement and just take over a game, and if Kyle Pitts is the one to do that, I think that will actually be the best case scenario for Atlanta.
0: Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. <laughs> uh, he, he's just too damn big, too too a uh, good arm span and you know wingspan is is too amazing. He's just seven has foot all wingspan of the tools you want to see him put them tools to use.
1: Yes, yes. I think we have said all that we can about uh, a matchup between two O and two teams. One of these guys is going to get their first win of the season. We hope it's the uh, the good guys from the south. Oh, yes. Um, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. We will be back on Monday afternoon with our takeaways from the action. We hope that you know both of us are are very jubilant and. Uh, excited about a good Falcons performance, but you never know with this team. Um, So make sure you (laughs) like, subscribe, let everybody know, uh, because we're we're making moves. You know, people, we're getting some good reviews from the podcast, Ovi. So uh, keep the good good vibes flowing. We are going to continue to get better. I think that, you know, as we build our relationship, our rapport, we're only going to get better at this. So I'm excited about what the rest of the season holds. And let's hope that the team comes along with us. You got anything to say before we get out of here, Ovi? No,
0: nah, man. This has uh, been the most fun I've had in a long time uh, talking Falcon football, being able to be uh, a little more open and, and free about my thoughts <laughs> and how I yeah. feel as a foreign player because y- y- you can't, uh, you know, say anything too critical and hopefully we don't have to uh, when, you know, you're on other uh, venues or platforms. But, but here we can kind of just tell the truth. I think the fans want to hear the truth. They want to hear... You know, what somebody who is a Falcons fan and has been with the team for a while and what a foreign player you know thoughts are with the team. So I really appreciate just the the opportunity to share with the fans uh, our thoughts.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely agree with everything you just said. 100%. That's kind of I think the the field vibe of this show um, is is we're trying to be unfiltered. But I, I think we also have the experience and the knowledge to be objective when we need to be. And that's the goal, right? Is, hey, we'll let you know when you're maybe making too much of a scenario and it's actually a little bit more nuanced and deeper than that. And this guy deserves a break. Or, hey, no, he needs to be called out because he didn't do his job. And that's, that's what this business is. If it's as cutthroat as we've all learned that it can be, you got to do your job. And we're going to sit here and tell you that. So um, thank you, everybody. For listening OV thank you so much this was a, a great conversation um, good luck to Atlanta on Sunday and as always take care
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform